0: You're rocking the, the jet green right now, Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were rich, Eisen. The second will be, I see, Brad Hirschberg <laughs> being your father. Dennis Miller. The autumn
1: wind is caused by global warming.
0: <laughs> uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmar.
2: I do love watching Tebow play, I mm-hmm. gotta say. He just he combines all oh, the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the, uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. And. Uh,
3: I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen
4: Podcast. Here's your host,
0: Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. We are coming to you on a Monday, somewhat of a rarity for this podcast, but you know, when news breaks, we've got to, we've got to put something out, and Peyton Manning finally making his decision as to where he's going to continue to play football and most likely finish his career. That suffices This news breaking. And, and it's wrong to sort of say finally because the man only did take 12 days. And not all of them on the road, not all of them uh, idle. Uh, if you think about it, 12 days is a fair period of time for someone to take to figure out where he's going to play the rest of his career and make sure it's a good spot for him professionally and uh, for his family and career and and, and all sorts of things. Uh, uh, legacy issues to deal with, and Pate Manning chooses the Denver Broncos. He chose the Denver Broncos over two other finalists, the San Francisco 49ers and the Tennessee Titans. The 49ers being clearly the most Super Bowl-ready team since uh, the Niners were within a couple of special teams plays away of making the Super Bowl. Uh, the Denver Broncos making the second round of the playoffs, the divisional round of the playoffs, with Tim Tebow, who now is on the trading block. And that is one of the many ripple effects of Peyton Manning's decision, a process that began the ripple effect process that began, as we mentioned on our previous podcast, even before Manning made his final decision. I mean, think about it. He announces on Wednesday that he two Wednesdays ago that he's no longer a member of the Indianapolis Colts. Two days later, two days later, the St. Louis Rams had three first round draft choices and a second round draft choice from the Washington Redskins, who clearly were told by Peyton Manning he was not interested in playing in the NFC East. Two days after Manning says I'm no longer an Indianapolis Colt, the New York Jets bestow a new contract on Mark Sanchez, the merits of which are still debated or debatable but the bottom line is sanchez got 2.75 more million dollars guaranteed to him because peyton manning told the jets that he wasn't coming or as the jets owner said they were moving on from him and that was just two days after the announcement 10 days after that peyton manning makes his final decision and the question is why Why not the Tennessee Titans in a contract for life? Why not the Tennessee Titans and go and finish your professional career where your football career began as a collegiate, where your national football career began as a Tennessee volunteer? Why not go back to the home state of of Peyton Manning's wife? I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to go play in the AFC South anymore. Maybe he didn't like the idea of going to Indianapolis once a year. Maybe the offense wasn't completely to his liking. Maybe the Denver Broncos, as they showed last year, are willing to completely change their offense to suit their quarterback. Why not San Francisco? Maybe he doesn't want to be in the same conference as his brother, as Marshall Falk said 12 days ago that if the Mannings are going to play each other in a playoff game, it's going to be for all the marbles. Maybe that's it. Until Peyton Manning sits down and and gives his thoughts, we won't know. And uh, many of you might be listening to this podcast well after Peyton Manning has his press conference in Denver to announce that the deal is made official. Um, I'm going to proffer to say he will not get too in-depth on his decision-making process in front of a national media. I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to say that everyone really thought he thought long and hard about it, and everyone really uh, gave merit or had deserved merit paid to their pitches. But when it all came down, he was most comfortable in Denver, and I think he's going to leave it at that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, I hope to get to a chance to sit down with Peyton one day and, and ask him these questions. But until then, it's all speculation. And uh, the minute the news hit, Uh, NFL Network went live. I spent five and a half hours on uh, the NFL Network studio, uh, a stage one set, whatever you want to call it, uh, going back and forth about why Denver, why not other places? Why uh, did Manning make this decision? What now for Tim Tebow? Where's a good spot for him? We've already mentioned, obviously, over the last 10 days, seeing this train coming down, perhaps into Denver, that now it is actually happening. We talk Jacksonville, Miami still needs a quarterback. What's going on with Miami? <coughs> we spoke about this uh, on our live coverage. Uh, Coach Brian Billick phoned in. Peter King phoned in. We had some beat writers phone in. We had Steve Mariucci and Kurt Warner cycle in. We had uh, Irvin phone in.
5: Mike Irvin, Jay Glazer. Thank
0: you, Chris Law. Uh, yeah, Jay Glazer came in in person. Yes. I chatted with him.
5: Von Miller. Von Miller, Miller phoned, in. phoned in. Willis McGahey. Willis McGahey phoned, phoned in. And uh, Eric Decker.
0: Eric Decker phoned in.
5: So a few targets.
0: Matt Flynn phoned in. Does that make this podcast?
5: Matt Flynn. We could add Matt yeah, Flynn in. Yeah,
0: let's add I, Matt I, Flynn in. I
5: thought it was interesting because the domino. Well,
0: phases. again, that's the whole thing. Think about it. Think about it. I don't know if this part, because we're going to play some of the greatest hits of, of our five and a half hours of coverage. Of course, it's not going to be all five and a half hours, but uh, certainly if you were away all day, this has got you covered. If later in the week you want to hear how it all went down the day, this we got you all covered. Because we sort of hit on all these subjects that I think are going to take days, if not weeks, to play out. Um, certainly, Alex Smith and the 49ers moving forward together. That is no longer as hunky-dory, or you'd think. I think that that, that is reparable. But <clears throat> bottom line is, uh, think about the ripple effects. I mentioned two of them that took place just two days later. The draft trade that the Redskins struck with the Rams, the contract that Sanchez got from the Jets, the trade that the Rams made with uh, the Redskins, uh, the Browns lost out on. Yep. What are the Browns going to do at four in the draft? They didn't get Manning. One must assume they made a call. No Manning, no RG3, no Matt Flynn. Do they go Tannehill at four? Mayock Bar- phoned in. We'll talk about this with him. That's, right. uh, that's on this podcast. What about the... Dolphins at eight no Manning no RG3 no Matt Flynn do they go ahead and maybe kick the tires on Tim Tebow I I know that's not an optimum choice maybe in the eyes of many of the Miami Dolphin fans but you've got three choices right now you've got Tim Tebow trade for him you hope Ryan Tannehill's available at eight or you pop up in the draft and trade for him or you stick with Matt Moore which I, I, mentioned that, pretty good. I mentioned that on Dan Levertard's radio show in January and was darn near laughed off the air. Really? Yes, sir. And That, that team
5: turned around.
0: I know. In the I round. liked him, but they're like, he's not a franchise quarterback. We're looking for the next Marino. Well, there's RG3 out there maybe. Who knows what Peyton Manning's going to do, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's all by the wayside. And now there's a certain perception that no one wants to go to Miami. And when that hits, that hits the fan. At any rate, Seems all like of a that fun, stuff. A fun
5: sports Town, though, no, right now. Oh, the, please, the I know, I know, I know, team, I know. Yeah.
0: But for some reason, something is going on with the Dolphins that no one's. They need a break. See, they need a break.
5: Speaking of a break, five and a half hours of live television.
0: Yeah, what? and then come in here and put this podcast together, which I'm glad you're able to do. No problem. Um, but the other ripple effects that we were talking about as well. Um, obviously, what with Tebow now, uh, Matt Flynn signing with Seattle not Miami, and that process took a little bit longer because of Peyton Manning making his decision, and Seattle was in the Flynn business because Manning didn't go to Seattle. How about our Jason LaCanfora reporting on Monday that Seattle sent a plane to Denver knowing that he was visiting Denver first. This was three days after Manning announced that he was no longer a cult. remember he was in Denver for his first visit that's first yeah. Saturday after the press conference that Seattle knew that's where he was going Pete Carroll and a contingent got on the plane without an appointment still couldn't get to Peyton Manning Denver, and I want to know I want to know the details on that like where did did they sit in a lobby somewhere before turning around did they finally get him on the phone and he said he didn't want to meet with them that maybe you know Denver flew him right yeah, Pat that? Bowen what's flew the him out Pat Molin flew him out. I mean, for them to for him to be flown out on somebody's private jet and then to meet with another team, I think that that.
5: Bad attitude, but hey, bad but no, no,
0: but it would be bad form, I guess, or viewed as such. But you can't blame Seattle for trying. No. So they tried, struck out on him. Matt Flynn goes to them, not Miami. Would have changed, obviously, if Manny. I mean, the ripple effects continue on. Um, with. The fact that even Brady Quinn signs in Kansas City, not New York, and obviously the Alex Smith ripple effect, the Tennessee Titans ripple effect is 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 negligible.
5: Something in the in the long day today that didn't come up. I was wondering, do you, do you think there's any chance that they keep him? The Broncos keep Tebow. And they try and do any type of two backfield set stuff. Well, that is, we, we,
0: that is discussed. And let's get to the rest of this podcast. And on the back end, we'll have that conversation. Okay. So the, the, basically, again, this podcast is the best of the five and a half hours that I just completed on the air with a host of analysts and a host of uh, insiders from uh, newspapers in the cities that are affected. Let's get right to it. Brian Billick, we finally got it. We finally got it from Peyton Manning to Denver. I'd love to get your thoughts.
4: Well, in listening to the conversation about it, it you, you hit the nail on the head earlier, Rich, that we're really not going to know until, and I'm not sure that we'll know once we sit down with a Peyton Manning or a John Fox and say, you know, why did this happen? What was What was the thing that made the difference? My guess is, and it's only a guess, um, that of all the factors you look at, because you can make a compelling argument. You just did for San Francisco, the tools that they have there, having a guy like Jim Harbaugh, that natural connection between two guys that have played in the league as long as Peyton Manning and Jim Harbaugh has. You can make a case for uh, certainly in Tennessee and what they have there. I think a couple things that jump out at me. One, you could look at Denver and say, okay, this is a fairly solid offensive line in front of them. He's got a couple good young receivers in Decker and Demarius Thomas. Uh, that they could, and, and they'll, they'll adjust that as well. I think he's got to look at a good looking defense, you know, with Dumaville and Von Miller coming off the edges. So yeah, they're in a, a, a certainly a, a solid division that you can get into and maybe win. Although I think you have to be very, very careful to extrapolate too much out of, oh, this is the division I want to go to because it's a bad division. That can change in a heartbeat, as we know. At the end of the day, my guess is this was the most pliable offense that he could go to. By that I mean, and Mike McCoy did a great job with what they did last year with Tim Tebow. But the Denver Broncos right now don't have an offense. They don't have an identity. They don't have a basis because of the transition that they had to go from what they wanted to start with to how they got to with Tim Tebow. The other places you look at, particularly with the coordinators involved in Jim Harbaugh in Washington, Jim was only going to go so far in terms of the style of play that he wanted to play. I think Denver was the most pliable, because they're the one with the least offensive identity of anybody that he talked to.
0: So uh, Elway's ecstatic now, right?
4: Oh, my gosh. You know, can you imagine the nightmare? And, and we've talked about it again until John Elway sits intelligent. I don't know that John ever will. Uh, but we'll, we'll tell you what, what he truly felt about, John, uh, about Tim Tebow. Was this going to be a guy of the future? Uh, were they really going to go into, t- uh, you know, we've talked about it a million times, Rich, about what they were going to have to do if they stayed with Tim Tebow. Uh, the course it was going to put them on, not being certain that, indeed, that was going to lead to a championship that has now removed all that in a way that you could not have imagined before a Peyton Manning was going to become eligible, it alleviated that pressure and that problem. My God, after what this kid did last year, I'm talking about Tebow now, how do we go in a different direction? Uh, and that's that's the thing that makes this so compelling. And now we get to go to stage two, what happens to Tim Tebow? Now, let's do that.
0: Let's do that. You've just, you just led me to my next question. Stage two, um, do you think the front offices of Jacksonville and Miami currently pondering about kicking these tires.
4: You know, and again, it's, it's not fair to Tim Tebow to talk about it in these terms, but the the fact is that this organization, the Denver Broncos, who have had him for an extensive period of time now through two different coaches, staff went to extraordinary pains to not have to have Tim Tebow and that style of play be what they want to do going forward. Um, Are they going to be able to trade him? I I can't imagine that they're going to get much, if anything. They may indeed have to just flat cut him. He's not going to be a cap issue in terms of, boy, we got to get this money off the books. But they know they can't have Tim Tebow hanging around. Tim Tebow and and, and Peyton Manning would get along fine. They'd be very professional. Peyton Manning does not want that. A specter of Tim Tebow hanging around, and it's nothing that Tim would do, but he has got to go about rebuilding this Denver offense. This is why he chose Denver. It's going to be strictly uh, Peyton Manning's offense. It's going to be the way he's going to run it. Uh, Tim Tebow does not fit within that structure. Tim Tebow has to go. So um, I don't know that they'll be able to get much. Uh, if they think they're going to hold out for anything close to what should be compensation for a former first-round draft choice, I just don't think that's going to happen. They, they may well have to cut him, or they're going to get something, in maybe the third day of the draft.
0: You know the Raven, the Baltimore market. Well, I'm sure you heard what I said. Just getting thrown to you. What's that going to be like when Peyton Manning comes to Baltimore <laughs> for John yeah, El- you know, for John Elway's that, team? Yeah, for- yeah,
4: he's not going to have that horseshoe on his helmet, so that's going to diminish it just a bit. But no, they will revel. In, in playing a uh, Peyton Manning without uh, the aura of what everything you know, Indianapolis the Colts that horseshoe on the helmet coming back into right. Baltimore. I don't think you can diminish that uh, uh, that much in terms of him coming back into Baltimore. But it's been quite a legacy as he has. You know, it's not just Baltimore. There's going to be a whole bunch of teams lining up to go. Oh, okay. Let's see what he does now with that horseshoe on the side or yeah. that uh, that horsehead on the side.
0: Patriots. He's in New England this year, Brian. I mean. It's it's there's so many delicious scenarios that are coming down the pike, uh, including the fact that, you know, Kansas City, you, you and I talked about it on our free agency frenzy show last week, too. Uh, we were wondering why he didn't even give Kansas City a sniff. And you were wondering that I was wondering that, too. He's got to play them twice now.
4: Absolutely. I thought based on what they had in place, the scenario you've talked about it, some of the alluring things to Denver, having a defensive-minded head coach, pretty solid defense, a pliable offense, which they clearly would have been in a division that would certainly make sense. Uh, actually, more assets around them when you look at the Jonathan Baldwin and Dwayne Bow and Tony Moliaki coming back, Jamal Charles, compared to what you're looking at in Denver. Uh, pretty solid offensive line. So, yeah, that one confused me as to why that didn't happen. There are all sorts of theories that Tom Condon and Scott Peel, they can't talk to one another. They hate one another. Who knows? Um, (laughs) But there are so many sub-stories to this that go to the next step now is the weight that Peyton Manning has left with these other teams and what's going to happen to them now. And not only the quarterbacks and those teams and the coaches, I mean, Jim Harbaugh and, and what this has done now to his team and Alex Smith, Indeed, however that's going to turn out here, how his team is going to look at Jim Harbaugh. The wake of this is just going to continue to ripple and ripple. Uh, The idea that an Alex Smith had to, which I've asked for many years. I mean, when you have the same agent and now this agent has (laughs) to do his fiduciary responsibility and in the process screws you. Wow. This is uh, this is the gift that just keeps giving.
0: There's so many stories that I, so many questions we're all going to need answers to. But as you point out, uh, you uh, who knows when we're going to get it. But, um, Brian, we appreciate your thoughts uh, on this day. That's Brian Billick joining us here. Will you get off well, I'm looking at, at this right now. People television are going, right why is Rich calling you a dummy?
6: That's I'm just getting texts oh, right are tweeting. Here. you're oh, tweeting. No, these people are actually I don't texting mean to me you, Jay, going, <laughs> why is he being so hurtful to you? We're on live like NFL that. Network television. And I don't why were you hurtful to me? That's what they I want to know. I was not The fans want to know why you're so I have much
0: love for you, Jake Laser. Much love for you and your information and the way you go about it. Appreciate it. All right. How do you make this decision? You
6: know, I I think there's a lot of things that went into Peyton's decision. And the odd thing also, when he first got there to meet with the Denver Broncos, and people I spoke to who were obviously there with him, they said, even though we all knew that Peyton was getting released, everybody knew Peyton was gone, he was still shell-shocked. He was stunned that it had happened. Almost like a couple who knows that they're heading for a divorce. They know it's coming, but when it actually happens, you're still taken aback that it's happened. So when he was there, he was almost... I, you know, I don't know if it was – I wouldn't say it was hurt, but still he was – he was there, but he wasn't – He was still fresh. He wasn't there. Well, yeah. He, he, the he arrived was on a Saturday. The, the, but I'll tell you what he did. It was interesting right. because everybody said, wow, he didn't throw for the Denver Broncos. What he did, though, is he actually brought an iPad with him, and it showed about a 15-minute workout with him and Reggie Wayne. So not that little grainy film that we all saw. Right. He had real film of him throwing, and that's why you heard originally. The team's going, we're, we're fine with it. We have no problem. We're able to. That first night mm-hmm. when they were at the country club – it Cherry Hill Country Club, and it's John Elway and John Fox and John Lynch, a bunch of Johns there. And, and Judge you know, they get, right. They're all there. Right. Uh, right then and there, that night, they offered, told Peyton Manning, hey, we could do something here in the neighborhood of five years, $95 million. Money will not be an issue here when we're trying to sign you, Peyton Manning. I think the structure now, mm-hmm. that's the big thing, because obviously they need to protect themselves, almost like you structure it where it's, a one-year deal plus, you know, one year, and if he's, he's good, then the rest of it kicks in. That'll be the interesting thing to see how they structure, because they've got to protect themselves, obviously, from the neck. You have four neck surgeries in a year. You still have to protect yourself. Now, But, yet, again, you're going you yeah, into- ask me why the decision. Yeah, because, okay. they,
0: again, I, I think fans, once they see the contract, they'll be, oh, okay. Okay, fine. Mike. right? They want to know. I think a lot of fans want to know. You see what happened in San Francisco mm-hmm. last year and they, 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 they're ready to roll, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and again, I, I love Alex Smith. I put that out there. I think if Peyton Manning was the quarterback of the 49ers last year, they win the Super Bowl. The Peyton don't, Manning don't, that we know. No, playing last year. You know year. what I'm talking about. The Peyton Manning, <laughs> the Mount Rushmore Peyton Manning. Sure, absolutely. So if, if, if the Mount Rushmore Peyton Manning wants to win again, shouldn't San Francisco be the no-brainer? Or, or was the fact that, that it was an NFC team – Really, the deciding factor. I think there's there's a couple of things. Brother Eli, here's a couple of things. Number one,
6: his dream is to play against Eli Manning in the Super Bowl. That's number one. That is a dream. Absolutely, of course, you want to play brother versus brother in a Super Bowl. That's why the Jets also were never really in it. He didn't want to go to New York and steal his brother's thunder. Why would you? You're not going to go there. Your brother is the king of New York. He's overcome so many obstacles. And Peyton was really sensitive to Eli's treatment. Earlier on in his career, extremely sensitive, the way a good big brother would be. And he's certainly not going to want to steal his thunder there. I think another big factor here for Peyton Manning, this is the important thing, I think nobody's really talking about here, is that Peyton Manning wants to throw all his time into getting himself physically to be 100%. Making sure he throws as much time as he can into rehabbing. He is good enough physically, they tell me, to play right now. But for Peyton Manning's mind, he's not good enough to be Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. So he needs to throw all his time into that. And his thought process is, if I go to the San Francisco 49ers, if I go to the Tennessee Titans and they say, okay, we need you to learn our playbook now. We need you to run our offense, learn our playbook. There is not enough hours in the day for Peyton Manning to now pick up a playbook and learn it. And Jim Harbaugh, he has his offense to to learn all that and rehab 24-7 as well. Whereas the Denver Broncos, you go there and it's like, Peyton Manning, we're going to sign you and – Hey, welcome to being our new co-offensive coordinator. Right. You, you're darn right. We're running your offense, and it's obviously it's a lot more. It's easier on Peyton. You know, piece, ease. It's easing his mind knowing. Okay, I'm already comfortable. I know what we're going to do here offensively. I could throw my all into rehabbing. That was a huge factor.
0: So uh, the the scenario that left the Colts uncovered is about to play out in Denver, and by that I mean there was only one human being on the planet that could have operated that Colts offense, that's going to be the problem in Denver? I mean, with a guy who's got a surgically repaired neck well, you know, I multiple think it's, times over? Yeah, I, mean, I mean,
6: you're obviously, now, I, I you're obviously doing I for just painted
0: The most negative scenario. I did say to there. John
6: Fox, said, you know what you guys should do once you sign him? Have Peyton run Tebow's offense. No. <laughs> just, he goes, great, Glaze, you're a great idea guy. Yeah.
0: So, so, so have Peyton
6: it, run 38 times a game.
0: So from what I'm getting from you, The fact that Harbaugh has his offense and Chris Palmer had the hybrid of whatever he does along Mm -hmm. with what the Titans run for Munchak. Those things together, on top of the fact that the Niners... I mean, talk about maybe seeing his brother in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They did see his brother in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. That was the strikes against them. I
6: think it's some of the strikes. I, I also do think that Peyton got extremely comfortable right off the bat with John Fox, with John Elway. He's known them both. I think he was very comfortable in that atmosphere. I think, you know, having a guy like John Lynch in town is really big. It's a very good friend of his. Having a guy like Stokely, Stokely I, know, right. I know that he wasn't thrilled that Stokely came out and was talking here. And that was the other thing. Peyton was really, he tried to keep this so incredibly close, just to him, he was monitoring everything. He was watching everything. He was reading everything. And, and things were really kind of ticking him off. Um, but in the end... Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I
0: didn't tick him off, did I? No. I mean, okay, Not, good. Let's, think so. let's how, get that. how do you ever let's upset anybody? The only time anybody me.
6: ever gets upset with you is when you call him a dummy on national no. TV.
0: <laughs> so what, what is the market for <laughs> Tebow now?
6: What do you have on that? You know, that's me? the other thing. I, I think... I do know that during... In, in the past, they, the Broncos... They put feelers out there, all the way back in the combine. They put feelers out there in case they got Peyton Manning, what they'd be able to do with Tim Tebow. I think that there were – they had a little interest there, but that was before you had Chad quarterback Haney. movement. Chad Yeah, quarterback – you had some quarterback movement uh, in still, other places. So, the, you know, when I, when I did talk to, to John Fox this morning, I said, what happens now with Tebow? And he said, Glaze, I swear to you, we are in Peyton, Peyton, Peyton mode right now. We're not thinking about Tebow at this point because we've got so much to do here with – Peyton Manning. Obviously, they're going to have a press conference tomorrow. Have him come in, announce that. So they're all. But eventually, yes, they're going to have to address the Tim Tebow situation. I do not see Tim Tebow being on this team this year, one way or the other. Whether it's a trade or whether it's releasing him, I don't see him being there on the team, because you know why? Man- You're not going to want to have Peyton Manning in town in every single second if he struggles, doesn't have a Peyton Manning kind of game, listening and seeing billboards go up and hearing the fans clamor, how you have to put Team Tebow back in. It's just it's not the ideal situation for, for Peyton.
0: Now, when you meant the quarterback movement, did you mean uh movement of Chad Henney going to Jacksonville or the movement of quarterbacks flying in and out of Miami? They have nothing. I think a
6: couple different places. There are there are some other places also that, that um, and there when. Didn't get specifics, but there, I think right. there were a couple of different teams that actually showed interest. Multiple. And yeah, there were multiple. multiple teams who showed interest originally that well may have dried up. And, you know, it may or may not have. You know, the other thing also is that teams are looking and go, well, they're going to cut them, so we're just going to wait. But if I'm Denver, yeah, what I do now is I turn around and I start calling everybody and seeing whatever I can get if, for Tim Tebow. If you're,
0: if you're Sean Conn, let's go there. Mm-hmm. If you're Sean Khan and you just bought the Jacksonville Jaguars – and I know your general manager, who you kept on, mm-hmm. uh, used a high draft pick on Gabbard. And I know your general manager, who you kept on, just signed Chad Henney. How do you not pull a Bud Adams? I'm, if I'm a businessman, no doubt. Right? I'm trying
6: to sell that, that stadium out. Absolutely. No doubt. 100%. It's, it, it, again, absolutely.
0: and every time I say that, I don't know if you have the same thing, too. Jaguar fans, blow up my Twitter. I don't know what I'm talking about. You don't, we don't want them here. That's what Do most, of them, the most of them
6: say. They don't want him
0: there. Yes, because I, they feel that, that they've, there's a plan in place you're, in you're moving got to, forward. You,
6: so uh, look, uh, look at the really reaction st- of Tim Tebow in South Beach last year when they brought him in for that Miami game, and they had that, that Florida reunion yeah, there with the Urban Duff, Meyer on the you, sideline. I don't know if you ever saw. And right. I I showed uh, John Fox has a little video on his phone that was taken when they walked. They left out. Uh, they, they walked out of the locker room area afterwards, mm-hmm. and it was like Elvis and the monkeys and the Beatles, right. and every superstar, and yeah. Deion Sanders, all walked out together. Like, the reaction was unbelievable. So it was why, just, why and everybody you talked to, me, I've never seen anything like this. Why
0: wouldn't the owner of a team want, want that
6: for his team? I'm agreeing with you that as a business move, yeah, it would absolutely be smart as a business move. But then also, if you do believe that Blaine Gabbard, you're going to win with him, or Chad Henney, that's going to be your winning quarterback to take you to the playoffs. Playoffs help, obviously, sell tickets. That helps sell tickets. It did, it
0: did in Denver last year. I Absolutely, mean, this guy beat this guy beat the Steelers. Yes, you know he beat I mean? the Steelers. I mean, but, not, but not we him also know, look, and, but, and, and it's so, it's so. Go ahead. Here's the Richard Seymour reaction. If you don't mean to interrupt, he told Steve: "Watch. I thought having five kids gave me sleepless nights. Now I have to deal with Peyton again." In all seriousness, our league is a better league with Peyton, and we look forward to the opportunity to face a quarterback like Peyton. That's what he told Steve Weish of uh, NFL Network. It uh, provides a measuring stick for where you are as a defense to the be the best and to the best, and you have to beat the best. And obviously, Seymour uh, saw Manning many, many times had to chase him down in some big-time games with the, the Patriots. So let me finish up with you on this front, uh, now that we've ticked off a lot of Jag fans or whoever. <laughs> and, um,
6: they were let, angry let you me, for calling me a dummy.
0: All of this comes down to how... Will Peyton Manning throw? Right. Okay. How, how, from what you know right now, how is he throwing?
6: Okay. And, I talked to and people who think, watch him throw. Please. Okay. And they say he's, he, again, it, I'll tell you straight out, I asked John Fox, he said he could play right now. But I talked to other people who watched him throw said, Peyton still doesn't believe he's where he needs to be. Still, you know, he still has some wobbly balls. And he's never been a big... For Peyton, it's never been about arm strength. It's never been about you know he has this ridiculous gun mm-hmm. that everybody else. He doesn't have a Jay Cutler kind of gun. It's really up here is what makes Peyton Manning so great. Obviously, that's still there, but there's still you know there's still uh, you know tricep still has to grow back a little bit more. He, his strength is coming back in a part of the arm, uh, the shoulder. So he, where the teams that that I talked to looked at him, um, they were encouraged by the progress that was being made. Without a doubt, he's still not where he needs to be. But they believe right now, is he good enough to play? Yes, and he'll only get better. And that's what had them really was enticing them so much. But regardless, even if, if, if Peyton Manning is you know, throwing at 70%, he's still because he's so incredibly smart and he's so much more different than most of the players we've ever been alive for. Mm-hmm. He's still going to be effective because of all the other stuff.
0: Quick hitters, uh, where, where does Tebow wind up? What do you think?
6: <sighs> not with Denver. Oh, come on. I don't really. I, I, that I can't answer the question right now. Okay. But, you know, I can't answer the question because things have changed. Because, look, I would have thought you know, like a Jacksonville. But because they went inside Chan Hedy, I just don't see it Crazy happening. Things now. Have I, happen I, you don't know, that. but I, I don't see it happening. It could, might not. You know, Miami, do they take a flyer? On them? It's just, I don't know who's going to because right now Denver's just stepped away from it all.
7: Right.
0: Um, and and uh, we got a Dion tweet, actually. Let's get, a, let's get Prime in here via Twitter. Uh, 140 characters each time. Um, <laughs> as Jay Glazer's here live with all his thoughts. And uh, here we go. Hold on, player. How do you do, Tebow? Like this when he brought you back from the dead? You were irrelevant and nobody cared, and he won for you. Just uh, prima, uh, it's just the number 18 bus pulled out yeah. of Indianapolis. And You're talking about a lot one of the greatest over. who's ever
6: lived. And, and Tebow, you got to understand this about Tebow. Tebow was phenomenal at times last year. and People said, "Oh my gosh, it's is it lucky or Is it?" Is it you know, blessing from above, whatever it was, he easily could have lost those games that he won, and I think that's what makes, you know, probably made Denver nervous, saying, "Right, wow, if Marion Barber doesn't run out of bounds, we lose that game." man. well, you know. that
0: that that whole issue was a Denver issue last year. It was a it was a it was a, it was a what does John Elway think issue. It is now a league wide mm-hmm. referendum on Tim Tebow, and we shall see who's interested. We will just see what the Broncos get. That is Jay Glazer's reporting on uh, the. Decision that Peyton Manning is going to strike a deal with the Denver Broncos. Jason... Lockenfora and, and Michael Lombardi rejoin us right now. Michael, let's, re- real quick, is there news outside of Peyton Manning? that That's not possible, right?
3: There's uh, actual other NFL news to, to discuss? I, I know it's hard to believe, but the uh, New York Jets, Rich, today reached an agreement on a one-year deal for Leron Landry around $4 million. Now, Landry, the safety from the Redskins, has had trouble with his Achilles tendonitis bone spurs. The Jets passed him on the physical. They did a one-year contract with him. And then also Robert Gallery, the former number one pick of the Raiders, who was in Seattle last season and reached an agreement with the New England Patriots on a contract to play there this year.
0: Oh, so so two new additions to the AFC East on a day that uh, Peyton Manning is now the addition in the AFC West. Um, can, can
2: I jump in for please? a minute, please? Yes, well. yes, Jason. If we're talking fallout here, the, the Titans, and we've been wondering what they're going to do post losing Peyton Manning. They have a lot of interested in Cam Wimbley, linebacker who was released recently by the Raiders, <laughs> someone to help with the pass rush. They also had Mark Anderson in their building recently, and then. To backtrack on Manning a little bit, I've just had it confirmed for me. When he was in Denver originally, that first visit, Seattle Seahawks brass, left Seattle, flew on a private plane, went to Denver, tried to court Manning there, tried to get some time with him. They were rebuffed, and they never really got a chance to – to get any time with Peyton Manning but that's how serious the Seattle Seahawks were about trying to get Peyton Manning when they found so, out he was in Denver uh, they went there
0: they flew to Denver and what and so so uh, hotel
2: security kept them away
0: or something <laughs>
2: <laughs> they just could never get in front of him or well they, they they let you know they got word to him that they were there and he declined to meet with them at that wow, point and wow. obviously as he whittled down the process
0: uh, I'm telling they you,
2: never, man they never got Rich, in the dance. This is but a that's what was book. going on behind right. the scenes
0: the right. Last 12 clearly, days is a book.
3: Clearly, Rich. Clearly, a new movie can come out. Manning Crashers.
0: Manning Crashers. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So John Schneider is Vince Vaughn, and uh, and Pete Carroll is Owen Wilson. I'll, 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 Will Ferrell needs to play himself. Nobody could nobody could do anything <laughs> no better could. than Will Ferrell did in that movie. So the Seattle. Maybe he,
2: Brett Favre could play Peyton Manning. We're gonna, Maybe we're gonna, he has been an actor.
0: We're going to find out, though. Other teams, right? I mean, Kansas City had to have at some point made these phone calls, too.
3: Yeah, I mean, Kansas City tried. Clark Hunt, the owner of the team, expressed an interest in Peyton Manning, but it didn't seem like Peyton returned the interest back to them. Now, as the days go on, we may find out what actually did happen and why Peyton wasn't interested. But when you look at Kansas City on the surface, they have a pretty good football team. When they get some of those players back off injured reserve added to the team, Peyton would have been a nice addition. But obviously there was something about that situation he didn't like.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously in the end, he ended up with where he felt like he had the, the best comfort level, and that was John Elway speaking his language, having in many ways lived his life. And now Elway even perhaps showing Manning a segue into that second career, perhaps not with the Broncos, but one day maybe, maybe he goes back to Indianapolis, what have you, as that team president, part owner, whatever uh, whatever regards he'd want to do in terms of running a football team, that option will be open to him. Denver came at him the right way. Denver played all their cards right. They took their cues from Peyton Manning. And right down to the very end, you know, they weren't sure until they got that phone call saying, hey, I want to play for you guys. And now the part begins of Tom Condon, his agent, and the team getting down the brass tacks and finalizing this deal, a deal which, which we all have known for quite some time, is going to look an awful lot in the first three years at least, like that old Colts deal did, which is roughly $70 million in the first three yeah, years.
0: Yeah, as we're finding out, uh, uh, Pate Manning's first handoff as a Bronco is to uh, Tom Condon. <laughs> to, uh, to get something done. That's uh, Jason Lockinfort with a, a nice nugget right there that the Seattle Seahawks flew to Denver when they found out that Manning was there. And then the line of the day from Mike Lombardi Manning <laughs> crashers. Fantastic. That's good stuff. That's Michael Lombardi and Jason Lockinfort here. And Michael Irvin who joins us on the phone once again. That, that uh, makes sense since wouldn't you say when it's all said and done looking at all the rosters that uh, the Niners would have made the most sense in terms of being with a team that's close to the Super Bowl. They, they were closer to the Super Bowl last year than Denver
8: was. A- absolutely. And that Niner, with that defense that the Niners showed us last year, and, and honestly with the offense and improvement that offense made under Alex Smith, you can only say, wow, to a paid Manning, that would have been a great opportunity. But, Rich, you know, is, there, there must be no draw like, like being able to have the opportunity to play against your brother in a Super Bowl, and I don't think anyone out there, any fan, or certainly not any other player, can 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 fall paid for that.
0: So, uh, you, sir, famously on Game Day morning this past year, rode on a little Tim Tebow Bronco hobby horse. Uh, you put a, a, a leather helmet on because you loved how Tim Tebow played the game. I mean, you. On game day morning, we're as much of a fan of Tim Tebow's than anyone else that works for this network. Now he is going to have to go someplace else to start again if he's even that lucky. Um, he may have to start trying the Tim Tebow thing again. And there uh, we go. Look, at, we got it right now on NFL Network. There we go. There you were on, on on the T, on the Tebow hobby horse right there. <laughs> Look at. I love our crack staff having this thing at the ready. Yeah, Mooch and Dion walking away. That was great on game day, final round <laughs> the playoffs. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna have to ride off under the sunset now. What um, am I riding him now, Chris? Yeah. What do you what, what do you what do you think? of of where this leaves Tim Tebow, Michael?
8: Let me tell you the the thing I think get lost in all of this. And, you know, I I think it takes uh, increments to get a team to a position where they believe that they can win a Super Bowl. And the tweets that you are hearing, the things that you're hearing coming from the Broncos fans and, and the Broncos players, that means we believe in who we are now. Rich, here's where... We lose what Tim Tebow did. Tim Tebow put them in that believing place. He put them in that believing place. Now they get paid money, and they are we are totally buying in. Some organization out there, they are not anywhere near a believing place where they don't even believe in where, who they are. And this is a guy that has such belief in who he is. I say you bring in a Tim Tebow and let him pull you up a little bit and, and, and ride this out. I, I think he's such an incredible person. You don't leave a guy like this on the sideline. If anyone, if anyone was able, well, I think the only person outside of Tom Brady that's able to replace Tim Tebow is, and move him on, is Peyton Manny. Outside of that, I'm taking a look at him
0: what if what if you're jacksonville who who clearly um, put a lot in uh it, it, certainly draft capital in in Blaine Gabbard and uh, just signed Chad Henney to a two year deal what do you do if you're them do you, would you really go and kick the tires on on a guy considered to be a hometown hero there or or it, that's just so out of whack football wise even though uh, the offense that they, he runs with with MJD behind him would be oh. somewhat formidable. Uh, do you do? You, would you do that if you're Jacksonville?
8: Absolutely. I'm I mean, I'm doing a little bit more than kicking the tires, lifting that hood. You know, I'm gonna get my mechanic in here. I'm going to look all over it rich because it, 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 it's a perfect fit. This guy's going to bring people. He's going to bring a crowd, which brings about an atmosphere, which brings about excitement, which which pulls your team that didn't believe that they were worth anything or will be in any way, they start believing, hey, we must be somebody. All these people are starting to come here. And then they start performing better, and it raises up their sense of confidence. That's what this kid brings. You can talk about his throwing styles. You can talk about the things you have to do to fit his system or his style. You can talk about all that you want. But you can talk about wins, too, because he's shown us that all the experts were wrong, he did win in the National Football League.
0: Dolphins, would you pull the trigger on that?
8: Well, that's a hard call there, Rich. I, I just don't think the personnel is in place in Miami. You know, Rich, you, you got Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush doesn't seem like a Willis McGahee type guy in that backfield right there. It, it just seems like a tough call for, for Miami Dolphins to pull it.
0: You're, you're a fellow member of the eighty Well, you're the charter member of the well, you you're, you're, You run the 88 club, let's put it that way. Yes, um, Demarius Thomas, who do you, wh- what do you think he's thinking right now in Denver? He's
9: too young
8: to really be willing to share his, all of his feelings. So, so right now, he and Decker, he and young Decker, they're just listening to what all the veterans are saying. Because remember, they had to buy in the Tebow in order to play how they needed to play last year. And they bought in the Tebow and it brought success. But now everybody's telling them right now, dog, listen, dog. You know, you guys ain't had them. Kyle Orton, Tebow. They're saying, "Man, you're about to see another level. This is going to put you in the Pro Bowl, get us in the Super Bowl, <laughs> and that's what's causing, strong, soothing these guys down right now."
0: All right, all right, Irv. Thanks for your thoughts. I appreciate it.
8: Rich, I'm going to be right here, Rich. I'm going to watch you all day. You need me. You call me right back.
0: Well, you, you got it. Uh, well, please, stay right stay right there, certainly if it means getting that video of you on the Tebow hobby horse. back <laughs> on. I, on the phone right now, one of his new targets, Eric Decker of the Denver Broncos, joining us on our live coverage here on NFL Network. Eric, thanks for joining us. Your thoughts on Peyton Manning becoming a teammate?
10: Some exciting news uh, out here in Denver. To tell you the truth, you know, to have a guy of his caliber... Joining your organization um, is definitely a stepping stone for us in the right direction to compete for a championship, which our goal is here. in Endeavor.
0: So, um, what, what was what were you thinking throughout this entire process when it when it looked like Peyton was choosing you? How how, do, how did you view this over the last two weeks?
10: Yeah, it's been an interesting few weeks, to be honest. To see um, us have interest in them, uh, go after and and. Uh, invite him for a visit, and then seeing the other teams following Tennessee, Miami, Arizona, San Francisco behind the scenes. Uh, to watch it unfold, you know, it almost felt like I was a fan, just seeing the decision process, what was going on. I was on my Twitter feed every day just kind of reading and updating. and it's just kind of funny to, to cap it off with a helicopter following the white man to North Carolina, you know, he doesn't get any better than that. So it, it, it was an interesting couple of weeks, but very exciting to, to find out today the news that he's joining our, our, our organization.
0: Now, of course, this, this means from what all, all um, accounts, uh, uh, I guess, it, reporting, is that this means Tim Tebow is going to leave town. And I imagine you formed a, a special bond with, with Tim last year. Your, your thoughts on, on this meaning the end of Tim Tebow in Denver?
10: It's tough, you know. It's, it's tough to see, um, you know, in this business, so many transactions, so many moves. And uh, you know, I came in with Tim. We were drafted the same class. We room, uh, were roommates for our rookie seasons and got to know him pretty well. And he's a great guy. I, mean, I got all the respect in the world for him and and what he's done here and just his work ethic and really the, the character of who he is. And uh, you know, if it wasn't for him last year, I don't think we would have made a playoff run, going from one and four to. You know some of the magic that happened throughout our season, and I know just the person he is and the the work ethic he does have. He's going to be successful, and it just depends on where it's going to be, when it's going to be. But I know in the long run, you will have success.
0: Have you uh, or anyone that you know reached out to him or or, or spoken with him?
10: Have not yet. Now I'm sure uh, you know he's got a great family and, and he surrounds himself with them. I'm sure, obviously, they're going through decision processes as well, and figuring out what's the best for him, whether it's staying here in Denver, um, looking somewhere else. You know, I'm not sure how that process works, but uh, at some point I'll definitely reach out and, and have a conversation with them.
0: Peyton Mann is going to throw you footballs, man. I mean, this is, this is sort of crazy if you think about it. This is the, one of the all-time greats, and certainly a guy who's been associated with the Colts, he's now coming to Denver. I mean, this is pretty wild news if you think about it, Eric.
10: It is wild. it is wild to think, you know, I don't think it's sunk in yet. Just the fact that, you know, one of the all time great quarterbacks, you know, who will be a Hall of Famer will be throwing uh I guess myself and other receivers' passes. You know, it it's it's like a dream when you grow up and, you know, you're in college and you see the the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees just have, you know, a lot of success and and see them throw the ball because as a receiver. You like catching the ball, you like being in the action, uh, that's something he's great at. So, like I said, hasn't sucked in yet, but I, I know I'm, I'm very excited and, and anxious to get back at it.
0: Yeah, and, and in that respect, from last question to you, how are you doing? How, how, how's your how's your knee?
10: Knee's good. You know, uh, I think I really would have took a chance and played if we would have beat New England in the playoffs for that AFC championship game. You know, probably have been a game-time decision, but, you know, a couple months after now, i I'm back to full health. I've been working out the last month. We got a new strength coach in Denver and haven't had any setbacks, had no no issues with it. So, you know, myself, I'm just excited to be healthy and thankful that it wasn't an ACL, and I, I get this offseason to to get better and, and get after it.
0: And now your your college quarterback, Adam Weber, is on the practice squad. He, he only has Peyton Manning, uh, uh, you know, to look to and and John Elway. That's all he's got to help him yeah, out. It's,
4: yeah, that's true. A little help,
10: you know. Not too shabby. Unbelievable. Like the guy has all the resources now here in Denver, and uh, you know he's got a good head on his shoulders as well. So I think he'll use those to his, you know, his chance to, to boost himself and take that opportunity for the most of it.
0: Hey, Eric, we appreciate you joining us here live on our network coverage, and um, uh, we we uh, we look forward to our next chat.
10: Of course, I appreciate it. how the hammies after that forty. All
0: right, let, let me tell you something, Eric. Uh, my hammies are fine. Uh, But it's not about the wheels. It's about what beats inside. You understand that, Eric. (laughs)
10: It's all about heart.
0: I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's all about heart. I only know one speed. It's slow, but it is what it is, as they say. Thanks again, Uh, Eric. We appreciate that. Take care. That's it. That's Eric Decker. Nice parting shot right there uh, on my 40. So Peyton Manning uh, is a Denver Bronco. He chooses the Broncos over the Titans and the 49ers as finalists. He chose them over the Dolphins. Uh, a few days before whittling it down to the final three teams, and many people believe it's it. It's not the curse of Marino that they've been trying to get Dan Marino. Many ways, Armando Seguero of the Miami Herald joins us right now. Could it be the curse of Breeze that they? If if they had signed Breeze a long time ago, none of this would have happened. In a sort of it's a wonderful life talk type of alternate universe. Because now what do they do? They're they they they're down to plan D or E. Is that a, a, a correct assumption?
11: That's a pretty fair assumption, Rich. And I don't know if it's the curse of Marino. I do know that it's the curse of they've been through 16 starting quarterbacks <laughs> here in Miami since Marino left. Uh, and so what do they do now that Peyton Manning is no longer a viable option? Believe it or not, you know, Peyton Manning um, – obviously had an opportunity to to choose the San Francisco 49ers. He didn't choose the San Francisco 49ers. And everybody's assuming that Alex Smith is going back to San Francisco. But I was told just a couple of minutes ago that Tom Condon who represents uh, Alex Smith was talking today to the Dolphins to see how serious they are about actually getting Alex Smith. Alex Smith visited yesterday <laughs> Uh, David Garrard is in town today, and everybody assumes that this is all leverage. Everyone assumes that this is just a way for Alex Smith to get more money out of the San Francisco 49ers. That may be true. I don't know for sure. But I do know that Alex Smith told the Dolphins that he enjoyed the visit with the Dolphins, and now his agent is talking to the Dolphins. So maybe he's trying to drive up the price of San Francisco
0: That would be the ultimate. That would be ultimate too, Armando, as they miss out on Peyton Manning and then are used as leverage for one of the quarterbacks of another team that lost out on Peyton Manning for them to actually not come to Miami and still leave them with no quarterback. I mean, that would that would just be another. That would be just a nice exclamation point on on this whole thing. What, What do they do? Is this is this is it possible? Matt Moore? Do they do they hope Tannehill falls to eight in the draft? Do they trade up in the draft? What? what or do they stand put with with Matt Moore? i mean what what do you think they do what do you think they do here
11: well what I think they should do is draft somebody because let's face it uh, most teams you you don't pick up a franchise quarterback in free agency Peyton Manning's uh, drew Brees's don't just come along they're very rare, rare indeed and that's what primarily the Dolphins have been trying to do with the Dante Culpeppers and the Trent Greens of the world and and a bunch of people that they missed out on. Um, Yeah, Ryan Tannehill is an option. Obviously, uh, Mike Sherman coached him at Texas A&M, knows more about him than probably anyone else should know, Uh, and he is now the offensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Is it a reach at number eight for Ryan Tannehill? Maybe, but you know what? Nowadays, you got to overpay for a good quarterback. Ask the Washington Redskins, who just gave up three first-round draft picks for RG3 plus, and ask the Denver Broncos, that are just going to pay ninety-five million dollars to a quarterback who is great, but we don't know if he's healthy.
0: I truly only have time for a yes or no answer, for real, on this question. Is Tim Tebow a possibility there? Yes. Yeah. There you go, Armando Salgaro. Thanks very much joining us. From the Miami Herald right there, he knows his stuff right there. Jamie Dukes, Keith Evans, Tim Tebow possibility there. Answer was yes. Answer Aqua was yes. and white. This thing just gets more and more. The plot just thickens. It does. With each <laughs> passing moment here. So Willis McGahee, who had an excellent year last year, he joins us on the phone right now. And we know what everybody's talking about, Willis. Everybody's talking about Peyton Manning. And I'd love to get your thoughts on him being a Denver Bronco.
1: Oh uh, you know, yeah, it's a big story right now. And of course, I'm happy he's a Bronco, and I'm pretty sure the whole life I'm happy he's a Bronco because, you know, we feel like he can take our team to another level.
0: And uh you've you've played against him many times. I I know that. What do you think he's gonna bring to your organization, Willis?
1: To our organization? Yes, sir. Hey, I'm thinking he's gonna take us to the promised land. You know he's one of those guys that's been there. He knows how to win, and he knows how to control the situation as far as running the game. And you know he's been in every position there is, being down or being on top, and just figuring a way out to win. And he's good at that. And, and that's what we were missing in our locker room, as far as offensive wise. We needed that one guy to, to lead us like that.
0: So what what do you think? Um, I gave what what do you think Tim Tebow is thinking right now, Willis?
1: Uh, I don't know what Tim Tebow is thinking, but I'm Tebow's going to be fine. You know, regardless of the situation, wherever he goes, if he's still there, or whatever. Because I I think that Tim is going to succeed no matter where he goes. So, I'm pretty sure he'll be all right.
0: No, I know you were a huge supporter of his last year, and um, and you you believed in him just as much as anybody else did. Uh, why do you think? There, there's going to be an issue for him, maybe finding another starter's job in the league. Willis,
1: uh, I don't think it's going to be an issue for him. You know, I'm pretty sure that if he's with us, I look at it. I look at it. If I coming, I look at it as a a learning curve. You know, just sit behind Peyton Manning and and, and learn from him and just see things through his eyes and you know just take his brain. That's how I would take it. And and if he's not there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if the team's gonna take him, they're gonna bring him in the
0: playoff. So you you said you believe Peyton Manning's gonna leave you to the promised land.
1: He has the potential, he should, I'm
0: hoping. Oh, see, I thought you'd just go out and guarantee it. Like maybe call yourself the dream team or something like that, Willis. You know how you and I roll. You you know, oh, no, no, you give no, me no, you, no. you give me the sound bites I'm looking for usually. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't give you that sound
1: bite. I'm not I'm 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 not guaranteeing anything. Okay. <laughs>
0: I thought I could get that out of you. You're being giddy that Peyton Manning's in your town and all that stuff. So uh, uh, last question for you is what's the first thing you're going to say to Peyton Manning when you see him?
1: What's the first thing I'm going to say to him? Yeah. I'm going to say, hey, bro, we still a running team. Don't
0: forget that. <laughs> Leave it at that. Thanks a lot, Willis. Appreciate you calling in, man. All right. You got it. That's Willis McGahee. Joining air, so Sean Kahn, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, issuing this statement: We won't comment on players who are not members of the Jaguars organization. But I would like to wish Peyton Manning the very best in the AFC West. <laughs> I'm sure that, I'm glad you're not in my division anymore. Um, but of course, the player that he won't comment on is is, is Tim Tebow, who is now, uh, according to all reports, on the trading block. On the phone is Gene Fournette of the Florida Times Union. Uh, from, the, uh, from Jacksonville, Florida, joining us right now. And, Gene, all of us in the national media, we connect dots. That, that, that um, Tim Tebow played his high school ball uh, right near the area. That he's a, a Gainesville hero. That he would sell out that stadium. And that Shad Khan, a new owner of the team, has to give this a look-see. Uh, I mentioned that on Twitter. And I get tweets from people in the Jacksonville area saying, I have no idea... What I'm talking about, I'd love for you to try and 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 put this to rest, or or tell us if we're we're crazy.
12: Well, I can certainly understand from a national perspective why you would connect those dots for the very reasons that you stated, but uh, I don't think that I've already written this column for tomorrow. I don't think the Jaguars general manager Gene Smith is going to be interested in bringing Tim Tebow here, and the reason why they're not commenting on it is twofold. Number one. Uh, The Jaguars uh, do not comment on players that are property of of other teams, Uh, although I guess Sean said something briefly about Manning in in terms of the news development. Uh, And the other thing is it's it's way too sensitive a topic for people here in Jacksonville. You've got uh, half of the fan base that would love to have uh, Tim Tebow here, and you also have another portion of the fan base that thinks it would be a colossal mistake. Uh, to bring Tim Tebow here because of his unconventional quarterback style. Uh, my personal feeling is that uh, I do, you know, they've made the commitment to Gabbard. He's, a, he, he's invested a top 10 pick in him. They just signed Chad Henney uh, last week, who I think is a very formidable backup quarterback. And so, I, you know, in that situation, of course, you would not necessarily pursue another quarterback. The only reason this, this is being discussed is because Tim Tebow is from Jacksonville, and what that does is it makes it an emotional purchase as opposed to a football decision that you make strictly on whether a quarterback is going to make your team better or not. Well, it's interesting Uh, you
0: use the word purchase, Gene, because there is a man who just purchased the team, and he obviously wants to fill the stadium. He obviously would love to have as many people Mentioning the word Jaguars as as many people mentioned the word Broncos last year, he would love to have the fan base that would be instantly added to the obviously already zealous fan base that they have locally in the area. Tim Tebow comes with all this. This all comes with that, as you said, uh, emotional purchase. And 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 the Tennessee Titans uh, owner made a phone call to a general manager who supposedly wasn't really interested in Peyton Manning or wasn't planning on being interested in Peyton Manning. I, isn't it possible that Shad Khan says, all right, Gene, I, I you know, I, I know you, you have control over everything here, and I let you have that, but don't, don't you have to check on this thing? I think,
12: I think Shad Khan's approach is going to be this. I think his approach is if he did feel that way, uh, he would certainly pose the question to Gene Smith, but I don't think Shad Khan is going to override uh, decision, uh, In other words, invoke executive privilege or veto power, <laughs> yes. however you wish to phrase it, uh, and, and go over his uh, GM's head. Uh, I think he has learned in the two months he's been on the job that, you know, sometimes you make public statements and, you know, you may, you're not used to being in the public eye because he never was when he was, you know, this owner of this multi-billion dollar company. But now that he's an NFL owner, it's a different ballgame and he's learning now through maybe one or two uh, statements that he probably shouldn't have made without checking with his GM first that, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you, you let football people make football decisions, and I think that's what he's been doing the last few weeks because he's been much less uh, uh, forthcoming on uh, when asked direct questions about things that involve football decisions. He's been much more deferring to Gene Smith. And let me repeat what I, uh, your assertion earlier about fans and filling seats. There's an assumption that if you sign Tim Tebow, that the stadium will be filled. There's no way of knowing something like that. Uh, I, I have no doubt that he would sell tickets. No question about that. But filling the stadium is a is a pretty big leap. and let me just add this. Sure. You don't. I don't think personally you ever sign a football player for the express purpose of oh gosh you what a great ticket seller he
0: be well it's not you just sign that too it, 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 he's
12: going to make you better sure
0: he did beat the pittsburgh steelers in a playoff game i mean he, he did do that and he did i thought
12: t- that, well yes he, he, certainly, uh, he certainly he certainly was, was a part large of it. contributor to yes. it no question yes, about it yes
0: his last his last career pass what we're all expecting in in as a bronco in mile high stadium is was the first one and done playoff pass in the history of this new rules and 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 I guess that's the last question I want to ask you because it does dovetail into what you you just mentioned, Gene, is the vitriol that is sent the way of certain people who mention that Tebow might be a fit in Jacksonville. Uh, I, I mean, Jay Glazer was on about an hour and a half ago. We had that conversation. Somebody tweeted at both of us that Jay Glazer is now a new person for this tweeter to hate, along with yours truly, for suggesting that Jacksonville is a good fit for Tebow. Where do you think, as you said, it's very emotional. Where does, what? What is the under underpinning of this emotion?
12: Well, a lot of it, I think, has to do with, so I shouldn't say a lot of it, I should say some of it has to do with the fact that Tim Tebow is an extremely polarizing figure for reasons that go beyond football. Uh, he's uh, very outspoken about his Christian faith. Some instances that may turn people off. But the other part of this dynamic is this. Because so many people have a lot of respect and admiration for Tebow, for what he stands for, for doing, wanting to do so much to help the less fortunate, for wanting to make the world a better place beyond football, sometimes people have a hard time separating their emotional feelings for Tebow with what is the right football decision for a football team. In other words, is he a quarterback that is going to make your team better? We know he's going to make your community better. He's going to be a, a, an incredible uh, positive role model in that sense, but does that mean you go and sign him or, or are influenced to sign him because he's such a great guy? And I think that's where a lot of times people have a hard time, and it spawns the vitriol that you are talking about because to criticize Tim Tebow as a football player, some people interpret it as criticizing their own son.
0: Gene, thanks for the thoughts. Appreciate it. All right, Rich, take care. That's Gene Fournette of the Florida Times-Union. What an interesting conversation that was. Let the media mosh pit to get the Denver Broncos on as many nationally televised games begin. And the Denver Broncos have already a stout defense, as we know, and that is one of the many reasons why Broncos fans are also extra excited to get Peyton Manning because this defense... Was one of the best in the National Football League, led by the Defensive Rookie of the Year, Von Miller himself. Joining us live now on the phone here on NFL Network, Von would love to get your thoughts on Peyton Manning being your quarterback now.
9: I think it's a great day for you know Bronco Nation, you know to to get a guy like Peyton Manning with his experience and um, you know at the title level that he plays at and. um, you know, just just the overall guy with Peyton Manning. I'm, I'm excited, and I'm sure Bronco Nation is excited too.
0: Now, the the excitement when people mention this again, um, it, it has to. Is it muted at all in the fact that this means more more probably than not that this is the end of Tim Tebow in Denver?
9: I mean, I, I hope not. You know, I'm uh, I'm hoping that uh, you know, so, for some way or somehow that we can that we can work it out and you know somehow keep Tim there. You know, I have Tim just, you know, lined up under Peyton. If he could just get one or two things from Peyton, you know, um, I think Tim would be one of the best quarterbacks in in, in the league. You um, know, if you got a guy with his heart and a guy that can throw like Peyton Manning, I mean, that's, I mean, in my opinion, that's like one of the top two quarterbacks that ever played the game, you know, in my opinion. And I'm hoping that we can keep Tim there. I'm hoping that we can work it out. You know, I have a very special relationship with Tim. I love him on and off the field, and um, I'm hoping that some way we can work it out.
0: Do you think that that's some way that that could be some? I know you don't know Peyton very well, but you have spent time with Tim. That such a coexistence could could be feasible.
9: I think so. I think with uh, with Tim's personality and um, you know and Tim's work ethic, I, I think that uh, you know it doesn't matter who's going to come in. He's going to go out there and he's going to compete. He's going to try his best, you know, to be the quarterback that he wants to be, that um, his fans wants to be. And um, you know, I, I, in my opinion, I, I think that it can be a coexistence.
0: Do you think it's a possibility he doesn't want to be there anymore? Because after all that that happened there last year, all that he gave, all that he proved, all that he left on the field, we—I understand this is Mount, Mount Rushmore-type uh, quarterback, but that is, in fact, the end of that. It looks like in Denver. Do you think Tebow would even want to stick around?
9: I mean, I you know I can't speak for you know the fans or you know even like the guys in the box office, but I can speak you know for. You know his teammates. Um, we really appreciated everything that he did. I, you know, I appreciate everything he did. I haven't forgot about any of those games. You know, you know if if he's there or not, those games are gonna stick with me, and they help you know create you know the type of player that I'm that I'm trying to be. You know, going on. And um, you know I I don't know if uh I don't know if he if he doesn't want to, if he doesn't want to be there or if he um or anything like that. I'm I'm just going off the 10th Tebow that I've that I've you know become to know and the Tebow that. You know, I think is that I think he wants to be there. I think he wants to learn and compete, and um, you know, and um, try to be the quarterback that he wants to be.
0: If this uh, offense gives you three touchdowns a game, how good do you think you you can be?
9: Oh man, if we can get up by, if we can get up by ten points, you know, fourteen points, uh, and you let uh, you know, me and Elvis, you know, come off the edge and uh. You you make a team start throwing a ball. And you got Champ Bailey back there. You know locking down a number one receiver. I mean, you know of course I'm of course I'm biased. You know I I love my de- I love my defense. But um you know, I think if you can get if you, if we can get up on teams, I think it'd be incredibly tough to come back. You know it's the NFL, so anything could happen. But you know if 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 Elvis, you know a Champ, or if I got something to say about it, you know we're gonna try our best to keep that from happening.
0: What when uh, everything opens up for business in April? What are you working on, Vaughn? What how, what's what's going to be the difference between your rookie and second year seasons in your estimation?
9: Um I want to cut down on on a, on a lot of of the mental mistakes that I made. You know, I'm not a rookie anymore and um, I want to I want to start becoming that guy that um, you know, the Denver Broncos brought me in to be. I want to be that that big-time linebacker, you know, something like, you know, Ray Lewis or the markets where, you know, I want to be, you know, I want to be their leader for my teammates, so all my guys that look to me, you know, in uh, go to situations. And I want to be able to make those plays consistently, you know, for Bronco Nation and, um, you know, fans that we got out there. I want to become their player. It's a long way away, but, um, you know, I think if I can cut down on minute errors and the mental mistakes, that, um, you know, I'll be on my way to becoming that type of linebacker.
0: What's the first thing you're going to say to, to uh, Peyton Manning? I asked that of Willis McGahee. Uh, about a half an hour ago he said his first thing he 's going to tell Peyton is remind him it 's a run first team still <laughs> uh what about you vaughn
9: um, and uh you know I first, you know i just i probably ask him about you know situations you know with uh that they were put in when he was back with the indian when he was back with the coach you know with the with the wife and uh Robert Magnus, you because know, – I, I think that we can provide that same type of aspect to the game, you know, that, uh, that he had uh, with Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. I, you know, I asked him, like, what was they thinking, you know, when they got up on teams? Like, uh, you know, I probably asked him about Dwight Freeney and, and Robert Mathis, you know, and that, I just, that was just my mindset about the whole thing.
0: Yeah, that you you and uh, you and Doomerville could be his Freeney and Mathis, essentially. Yes, sir. There you go. Thanks, Vaughn. Appreciate
9: it. All righty. Thanks, and thank you.
0: you got it. That's Vaughn Miller. For you right there Kurt Warner joining us now as we promised for the first time today Kurt, uh, I guess let's start with the issue uh, of Peyton Manning first and, and how you see him fitting in with the Denver Broncos
7: you know Rich, I-, I like the move you know I felt all along that it was going to be in the AFC and obviously it came down to just the two teams Tennessee or Denver but I, I like the situation in Denver We know they've got a good defense that uh, played great. Down the stretch, he's going to take a lot of that pressure off. Good running game, although it's going to look different. But I just I like the pieces. They've got a couple young wide receivers on the outside. Be interested to see if they maybe add a couple of his old cohorts from uh, from Indianapolis to the mix. But uh, I think you know there's a lot of good compliments there, and he automatically makes it better. You look at the AFC West, not a great conference. So I, I like the move. I like him staying in the AFC. I think it's good for the NFL.
0: Now, obviously, there was all sorts of football talk between Peyton Manning and any team that he met with for several hours. The Broncos, he's uh, with the first team that he did that. And I I don't imagine that they spent a lot of time, well, what are you going to do with Tim Tebow? Um, If you were Peyton Manning coming into this situation, this same exact situation, would you be fine with Tim Tebow still being on the roster?
7: Yeah, I I would be fine with it. I think it's a good thing for Tim Tebow. If he could sit back and learn from Peyton Manning, I think we all know Tim's not – in the place he wants to be as a passer, as a quarterback in the National Football League, and he still needs to grow into that position. And so I think this takes a lot of pressure off of him instead of throwing him into the mix and putting him back into the starter early in the year with higher expectations. Um, And and as far as Peyton Manning is concerned, I, I don't think Peyton Manning if he's healthy and he's the, the guy that we expect to see, that he ever has to look over his shoulder. I don't think it's one of those situations where people are going to put up billboards for Tim Tebow when you have Peyton Manning in the house. It's going to be his job. He's going to be able to, to ride this thing as long as he can physically and, and as long as he wants to. So uh, I think it's a good thing for Tim Tebow. I think it would be good for the organization to keep him right there. But if you're Tim Tebow and you did what you just did and have the fan base that
0: you have based on a lot of things that you did – on a national scale, uh, yeah. why would you want to sit there and wait till Pate Manning's done with your job? Why, why would you want that?
7: Well, I'm not sure you want that, but I think if you're realistic, As Tim Tebow is that they had to change the whole offense around you. Is he going to be able to find another situation that is willing and able to do that same thing to allow him to have success? Does he feel like he's where he wants to be as an NFL quarterback? When he came into the league and was picked in the first round, everybody said he was going to be a project. We saw that again last year. He did some great things. He's a great winner, a great leader, but not a great quarterback yet. And so if I'm Tim Tebow, I say instead of being thrown out there to the wolves to have to learn and and go through some of the scrutiny of not being able to be a great thrower right now it's a great opportunity for me to take a couple more years and learn in hopes that whether it's Denver or even somewhere else down the road that he can prove himself as a better passer allowing him to have more success when he gets back on the field in a starting position so um
0: if Tim Tebow's ringing you up you're telling him stay put don't don't feel the itch <laughs> to try and go to another team and make your mark there, just stay put, learn from Peyton, and get your job back in Denver?
7: Well, I think I would tell him that it's a good situation to learn. But if there's another opportunity out there to start, we all believe, and when you get to the NFL level and after starting a few games and having success, we all want to be starters. So if that opportunity presents itself and somebody says, hey, we're going to hand you the keys to the car, I don't think you tell anybody to stay put and, and to be a backup. But I don't think I would rush out of there For any situation, I think that here's a great opportunity for you to learn from one of the best to ever play the game and to grow as a quarterback so that next opportunity you get, you can be more prepared as a passing quarterback than maybe he was last year.
0: Well, while we're in the game of hypothetical phone calls to your cell phone, let's look down and look at the call waiting and uh, caller ID and see that it's Alex Smith. What, What do you tell Alex Smith right now, Kurt?
7: I tell Alex Smith to to go back to San Francisco. Uh, I tell him that when you look around the landscape of the NFL, the best situation for you to succeed is in San Francisco. You go back to an offense you're comfortable with. You go back to an offense where you had your best year as a pro. You go back to a team that was in the NFC Championship game. And I understand that sometimes feelings can get hurt when the business part of it comes in. But if for no other reason than to look at this selfishly and say, what's the best situation for Alex Smith? I don't think there's any question it's the San Francisco 49ers. And so if he were to call me and we were to talk, I would say that same thing is, yeah, maybe they hurt your feelings a little bit. And and I understand that they went out to try to get one of the best that's ever played the game, feeling like that was going to be an upgrade right now. But bottom line, do what's best for you. Go to the best situation for you. And I believe that's the 49 Kurt Warner
0: joining us on the phone right now is uh, the man from Sports Illustrated and NBC Sports. As I mentioned, not only has his finger firmly on the pulse of this story and others, but also his finger directly on my Twitter avatar for the past two days and also for the next five days because his Ohio Bobcats ruled the uh, Thursday Friday night roost of NCAA tournament play over my Wolverines. Good to chat with you, Peter King.
4: Hi Rich, how are you? <laughs> <I'm>, uh, uh,
0: <laughs> you sound very chipper for a man who's put well, an Ohio avatar on my Twitter page for the last three days and has it for the next four days. Thank you for that. Rich,
13: you know why? You know why I'm so chipper? No. Because this has been such a a relaxing off season. <laughs> yes. You know,
0: sad. we're
13: all getting we're all getting such a good break. You know, before everybody heads back right. to a month or so of training camp, so. That's why this has been such a gleeful time for us all.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. Can you, uh, to the best of your knowledge, walk us through how Peyton Manning made this decision and why?
13: I wish I knew, Rich. And, you know, I think the biggest question of all, without any doubt, is going to be what exactly happened to get him so keen on the Denver Broncos. Because I think you know and I know... That if we lined up the rosters from 1 to 53, and certainly San Francisco's 53 man roster would be better, Tennessee's roster would be competitive, and a couple of teams that I don't think he even considered for five minutes Seattle and Kansas City, who wanted them very much. I think they had a better roster than Denver, too. I mean, at least Kansas City did. And it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit of a mystery and that's why I think at least right now as we sit here early on in this process John Elway has just at the corner pole he's taking the lead in executive of the year <laughs> yeah.
0: well certainly if he didn't deep down as many people suspect believe in Tim Tebow as a viable long-term starter in this league and I've used the term bloodless coup on Tebow mania and this is the very only good, way that very the, good it's the oh, thank you. It's the only. It's the only quarterback who could potentially uh, allow him to pull that off. And, and 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 do you believe that that was part of Elway's motivation as much as the obvious of trying to win a Super Bowl?
13: No, I think I think John Elway could have lived with Tim Tebow because I think he was going to bring in you know, pick a name, Brandon Whedon. Um he he was gonna bring in somebody this year or next to challenge to to challenge Tim Tebow for this job. And so I think the one thing that is an easy thing to look at right now, but I think is not necessarily true is that he's doing this to get rid of Tim Tebow. I mean He did this to get Peyton Manning on his team, and I think it is very uh, convenient collateral damage. One of the things that goes along with it is that he gets to get rid of Tim Tebow in the process. And it sounds ugly and, like you said, a bloodless coup and all that stuff. I just think that as long as John Elway ran this franchise, it was going to be very, very difficult for him to fall in love with Tim Tebow because he's not an accurate passer. He's not—I mean, he may turn out to be one, but as of right now, it was going to be difficult to build the kind of offense that John Elway wanted to run with this team around Tim Tebow.
0: What what happens to Tebow now?
13: I'm sorry, Rich.
0: What do you think happens to Tim Tebow now, Peter?
13: Well. I mean, I kind of agree. I think it was Michael Lombardi who said it earlier. I, I, I think it's going to be difficult for them to get real value for him because I don't imagine that there are going to be many, if any, teams who will bring him in to be their quarterback of the future. So if he's not going to be the quarterback of the future, then I really kind of question what sort of value are people going to put on him. Plus, The Broncos are in a bad position, Rich. You know, the worst thing you want people to know is, hey, we've got to trade Tim Tebow. We are trading this guy. And so, you know, now it's definitely going to be a buyer's market. Let's say that Gene Smith, the Jacksonville general manager, who doesn't want Tim Tebow, all of a sudden might be able to get him for a sixth-round draft choice. Well, if that's the case, then maybe Gene Smith is going to start thinking, you know, I I mean, it's going to be a distraction and all that, but to basically hand them to us, why not? And who knows what happens in in Miami. That was my next question for you.
0: That was my next question. I
13: I don't know what happens in Miami right now because I think that, and I reported it, I mean, they were talking to Tom Condon this afternoon from what I hear, uh, and Alex Smith was the subject. So, you know, That is an interesting little part of this whole story right now. What is the collateral damage on Alex Smith's future with the 49ers? Now, I'll I'll just say this. Trent Baalke and, and, uh, and Jed York have gotten into this habit over the last year plus. When they value players, and if somebody thinks his value is a little bit more than that, they're not going to reinvent their value of a player. In other words, I think if Alex Smith gets more than three years, 24 million, in Miami, I think there's a good chance that the 49ers are going to shake your hand, say goodbye, and possibly go after either Josh Johnson or one of the remaining quarterbacks on the market.
0: Peter, we appreciate the thoughts. So many interesting things, so many tumbling dominoes based on what Peyton Manning just decided today. And um, good luck against North Carolina.
13: Uh, Well, I'm not playing, Rich. I know. But uh, I I will be watching the game. Thanks a lot.
0: You got it. That is uh, Peter King, Ohio uh, Bobcat. And we're pleased to have on the phone right now Matt Flynn of the Seattle Seahawks. How are you, Matt?
12: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing just fine. So walk us through your... Free agency process, Matt.
14: <laughs> uh, well, I got obviously uh, took a visit up to Seattle. flew straight from there. Uh, flew over to Miami, and then just kind of sat down and, and thought about everything. did some soul searching, and um, you know, kind of you know loved my visit up in Seattle. Um, got to know everybody. really felt comfortable with it. There was a you know great vibe up there. you know from the coaching staff and, and just the whole organization, and uh, felt that was. I felt like that was my best opportunity, so I went ahead and, and pulled the trigger on it.
0: How how much did the Manning decision affect your timetable, Matt?
14: You know, I don't, I don't know how much it affected it. Um, it, it definitely, it, it might have made it a little bit slower. Um, you know, because it started Tuesday and I didn't didn't take any trips till till really Friday, so um, it might have made it take a few more days longer. But you know, it's one of those things you can't control. You just got to kind of sit back and. Uh, you know, watch it kind of unfold and, and answer your phone when it, when it rings. So.
0: Right, when it rings. And a lot of people thought you would be a natural fit in Miami because of who the new head coach is there. Uh, why, I guess why didn't it work out for you and, and Joe Philbin to have a, uh, a new relationship in Miami together?
14: Well, I went down there, and I think a lot about Joe, and I think he's a great coach, and I think he's going to have a lot of success down there, and I think he's going to have a, a lot of success in the NFL. But when it came down to it, I just felt more comfortable up in Seattle. Um, I felt like it was a better opportunity for me. You know, they have, I think, the second youngest team in the NFL and a lot of hungry guys, and I felt like they were doing things the right way. And uh, it, it really just kind of it kind of meshed when I went up there. And uh, I feel comfortable about it, and I really – Really think it's a team that you know in the very near future can can be special, and uh, you know I'm excited to be a part of it.
0: What about Pete Carroll? Did you mess with Matt?
14: Uh, I met him. was the first time I've actually really talked to him, and uh, and he was a great guy. We really hit it off. Um, he was a lot of fun to talk to, a lot of fun to be around, and uh, you know it, it's just it was an easy place to be. I didn't know really anybody up there except for the the GM John Snyder. so. But uh, when I went up there, it was, it was very comfortable. You know, everyone was was really nice to talk to, and and it just it felt right. And uh, the, like I said, the vibe was good, and you know, it, it made it easy be easy to be there.
0: Were you told you're going to be the quarterback from uh, from day one?
14: No, Pete uh, Carroll. He he does a you know I really respect it about him. He, he says it's he he preaches competition at every position all the time. And he said I was going to come in there and be able to compete. And uh, you know. And uh, I've always been a believer of that, and I've always been a believer that competition brings the best out of people. And, uh, you know, hopefully that and me and Tavares can go in there and push each other. And, uh, you know, because if we do that, it's just going to make the team better. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited to get things going.
0: Are you a fan of Skittles, like you're running back?
14: <laughs> I, I am a huge fan of Skittles. So I'm excited okay. to maybe have a conversation with him about that.
0: Very good, Matt. Well, hopefully you'll be feasting on, uh, on a lot more than just the candy. And uh, we appreciate you joining us.
14: All right. I appreciate
0: it. Thanks. Always a pleasure to chat with Mike Mayock as he joins us on the phone right now. And, uh, Michael, if I had told you on the draft day two years ago that the Denver Broncos would trade up into the first round to get Tim Tebow, only for Josh McDaniels to eventually get fired, hardly ever play Tebow, hand him over to John Elway, who would watch him uh, make – help him make the playoffs, only to have him, after making the playoffs, turn him aside so he can bring Pate Manning into the organization. What would you have said to me if I told you that draft day two years ago, Mike?
15: I would have said that you could not sell the screen rights to that particular <laughs> musical,
0: musical
15: in a million years.
0: Think about it, but that's what happened.
15: You love intrigue. You, you're yes. really funny. You love this.
0: Yes, of course, because <laughs> because this just makes things so much more interesting. Uh, how is Peyton Manning going to do in Denver? Where is Tim Tebow going to go here? The fact that Miami is still looking for somebody. The fact that uh, San Francisco was in on this. Tennessee was in on this. So many other trades or so many other teams were in on this. Redskins were in on this, but only for a second to the point where the, tra- the draft trade went down atop the draft, all that stuff, Mike, that's, that's interesting stuff to me.
15: <laughs> you know, I, I, know it is. And, and the, the kid that I feel, mo- I feel badly for the most is probably Tebow because nobody, you know, he was, he, he was a first round pick. Nobody wanted to buy into him. He found a way along with John Fox and that staff to kind of somehow manufacture offense. They were creative. They got in the playoffs. They won a game. Uh, And there isn't going to be a whole lot of interest, in my opinion, in Tim Tebow. And uh, I don't think he's far enough along as a conventional passer. And when I hear coaches talk about manufacturing yards with a, a, quote, non-franchise quarterback, there's some pretty funny lines out there. I mean, I I had one head coach last week telling me it was like rolling around on on shards of glass, Hmm. trying to manufacture yards with a non-franchise quarterback. So, Uh, I feel a little bit bad for Tebow. The kid came in, he worked his tail off, he got to the playoffs. But, you know, the excitement is Peyton Manning, obviously. And, you know, the only two words that I can attach to Denver right now are Super Bowl. That's got to be the goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, because they did make make the divisional round last year uh, with Tim Tebow as their quarterback. Now you plug Peyton Manning into what will obviously be a completely different offense. Uh, what, What is the first step? When Peyton Manning comes into the building with Fox, with Mike McCoy, the offensive coordinator, what's the first step towards getting this show on the road?
15: Well, for me, if if I'm the GM out there, I'm going to get Peyton Manning as many weapons as I can, both familiar and unfamiliar. You know, if he wants Jeff Saturday, let's go get him. You know, if that's the guy he wants to make him comfortable. Um, The second thing I'm going to do is uh, – Mike Wallace, the wide receiver from Pittsburgh, is a restricted free agent. And he was tagged with a first-round tender. If I'm Denver, and, and Rich, they're, they're drafting 25, so there's an inherent flaw a little bit in, in the compensation system for restricted free agents. If you're sitting at 25 in Denver, it doesn't cost you as much as if you're sitting at 8 like Miami to go get uh, that free agent wide receiver. So for me – I would make an offer that Pittsburgh would have a lot of trouble matching for Mike Wallace. I'd be happy to give up my first-round pick, and I'd make that young man a rich, rich young man. And I'd have a vertical threat to go along with Eric Decker, Demarius Thomas. Uh, You might look at Dallas Clark, but my point is you've made the commitment to Peyton Manning. Now let's go give him the weapons.
0: What do you think – of Tannehill's stock right now because when you, you look at the Dolphins and the Browns two teams that didn't get Manning or RG3 or Matt Flynn um, to, to perhaps be a quarterback of the future and then you see the Browns at four Dolphins at eight and here's this young man out of Texas A&M where do you think his, sta- his stock status is right now as we're uh, almost a month away from the draft right now
15: I I think his stock, and I've been saying it for for a couple of months now, his his stock is a a top-ten pick. And his future is tied a little bit to the disposition of Alex Smith right now, I think. You know, with Alex Smith out there, if he goes to Miami, then that takes a potential draft pick away that would make a ton of sense because, remember, Mike Sherman obviously is in Miami, Tannehill's college coach. Um, Cleveland at number four, they're, they're making a lot of noises like they're not interested, but I've got to believe, as much as I like Colt McCoy, you want to upgrade that situation. And Hill to me, is a year away, Rich. He's only got 19 starts, but he, he looks every part of the franchise quarterback. He's big, strong arm, really athletic. He just isn't ready yet. And you hate to have a top-ten pick on a quarterback that can't step in day one, but Let's face it, that's what Tennessee did at eight with Locker last year.
0: Do you think it's in any way uh, the Vikings are trying to drum up a little bit of, uh, sure. of, of business at three, sure. knowing that you've got two teams that may want Tannehill after all that happened in the Manning front and the free agency front? Do you think that that's happening right now?
15: Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt that if you're Cleveland, or excuse me, if you're Minnesota at three or Jacksonville at seven, depending on what happens, you're trying to put yourself in position to possibly uh, trade down, pick up multiple picks. I think with uh, with um, Minnesota could happen at any time, uh, but I think right. with uh, Jacksonville, that would have to be a draft day deal that happened after Cleveland did not select Enniel, obviously.
0: Well, clearly they don't need a quarterback in, in Jacksonville, certainly after they sign Henny and they've got Gabbard, and after they go get Tebow in a couple of days, right, Mike? <laughs> they, don't, they won't need one there. But
15: all I know is it's kind of Alex Smith is still floating out there. If, if he goes to Miami, that changes that whole whole uh, situation. And then all of a sudden, Colin Kaepernick becomes a, a topic of conversation in San Francisco.
0: Uh, oh, you got RG3's Pro Day on Wednesday, Lux on Thursday. Have you ever been to back-to-back Pro Days where you know where the two kids are going to go well, already?
15: People are asking me, like, are they the biggest pro days in history? And I'm laughing and going, not really. (laughs) You know where they're going. I mean, it's a big day for Kendall Wright, the wide receiver from Baylor, who ran 4-6 at the Combine. And it's a big day for the Fleener kid from Stanford. It's a big day for a bunch of other kids. uh, And to the credit of both Luck and RG3, they're still going to throw the ball to try and help their college players. There you go. But you're right. The bottom line is they're they're locked in at one and two, man.
0: That's it. Uh, if I'm RG three, I'm running the forty with a sandwich. You know, <laughs> just to do something different.
15: If I'm either of those guys, all I'm doing is I'm waiting till they bring the footballs out, and then I'm just going to rip them. That's and again,
0: all we we we're gonna we we got to get going. But has there been any in the uh, scouting community still talking about my six point oh three, Mike? How, how, did I make any headway in getting drafted?
15: Just an amazing buzz at all these pro days. I'm, I'm in Iowa City right now, and, and they didn't want to talk about Riley Reef They wanted to talk about Rich Iowa.
0: Makes sense. That makes sense, Mike. <laughs> we, we appreciate the time, as always. And that's that. That is essentially five and a half hours of television highlights boiled down. Hopefully you got the sense of what we were talking about all day. And to me, again, there, there were four issues that really needed to be hammered on this day. And one is, why did, how did Peyton Manning come to this decision? Two, why did Peyton Manning come to this decision? Three, what about Tim Tebow? Is Jacksonville a spot? Is Miami a spot? And four, what is Alex Smith going to do? You know, and I asked Lock and Four at one point, I don't know if this made it, I'm like, what's going to be the larger number? The 2.75 million that Sanchez got from the Jets as an apology, essentially, of going after Peyton Manning? Or whatever Alex Smith is going to get above the 24 million that the Niners put on the table? And, and Force said he doesn't think that the Niners are going to give a three million dollar smooch to, Alex, to Smith. Alex Smith. That three years, twenty four million is that what they're going to do? And we'll see if there's a game of chicken necessary, uh, or this may be dated later in the week. It is what it is. But this is uh, what's going on. Now, what did you ask me at the top yeah, of I, the podcast? I, just
5: any chance that if they if they do keep Tebow back there? I just, any chance you see a two-back set at no, all where he's... I
0: don't see this happening. I don't see Te- Tebow sticking around. I just don't. You don't see it? No. I mean, you got to move on. If you're, if you're I a think, Tebow I doubter. think I believe that one of the main reasons why... You know, Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning, but we mentioned it before. If Elway did not believe in Tebow's long-term viability as a starter, and if he felt in any way saddled with the fact that Tebow was there when he got there, and of all the decisions that he needs to make as the man in charge of his beloved franchise, that the quarterback position is essentially removed from his ability to put somebody there in his own mold or own vision. If that decision is essentially removed because of what the fan base thinks, and that is an inviolable choice, and that's something he can't handle. And here comes along Peyton Manning. He can kill two birds with one stone. He can get the franchise quarterback that he believes can win him a Super Bowl. Yep. And he s- stages was what I called the bloodless coup of Tebow Mania. Because fans cannot say, how dare you move away from Tim Tebow? How dare you not believe in him? How dare you ruin Tebow Mania? For this guy. You can't say that when the, this guy is Peyton Manning. Yeah, that's a good point. And if he at any point wants to get out from under the Tebow situation, if that's the way to, he views it, this is it. And he had to do it. And he did it. So I don't believe Tebow is going to stick around. I know Kurt Warner said that hey, Tebow can sit there and learn from Manning. I don't think he wants to do that.
5: But don't you think that they they spent a first round pick on him and they've basically ah, McDaniel's brought, did though. But Lombardi McDaniels brought up the did. fact that his trade value is so diminished now. They might just keep him because they're not going to get. Uh, it, I think they might
0: just cut him. How about that? Yeah, that's they it. might just cut him loose because I said at one point today, if they quote unquote did the right thing with Kyle Orton and let him go, and he wound up you know on a in a position to almost prevent them from making the playoffs, then the right thing to do for Tebow is let him go. Let him seek his own place. Let him try and get his own spot. Let him decide where he goes next. Yeah. After what he did this year, uh, you know, and and again, that's 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 the one place where uh, if he had gone to San Francisco, the Alex Smith ripple effect would have been one thing. If he'd gone to Tennessee, I think Cleveland would have been all in on Hasselbeck, Hasselbeck. and 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 the Dolphins would have tried to go get him too. And uh, Hasselbeck going to Holmgren, I think, would have been something that he would have been interested in doing. That would have been that ripple effect with Locker just basically learning from Manning until Manning was done. But the Tebow one, that puts this in a whole different stratosphere, my man.
5: Shouldn't shouldn't today's news be all about the NCAA tournament? And we're loving it. Uh, this is, this is, well well. Yeah. then well, it's also
0: on a Monday. This
5: off season. You know
0: Peyton waited. He's smart <laughs> enough he's not gonna he's not gonna go up against the third what what do they call the third round? I still can't get that
5: oh yeah, it's horrible second
0: round loss third speaking of which because of my Wolverine yeah, second round loss to, let me just quickly get this out of the way uh Peter King and I made a friendly wager uh my wolverines fourth ranked against his thirteenth ranked ohio Bobcats, and uh we just decided the the loser gets to choose the the uh the winner gets to choose the loser's avatar for a week. So I've got an Ohio logo on my avatar. People think I'm hacked. The thing that's really getting me is I'm getting tweets from people after Ohio beat South Florida. Congratulations on your team. Like, right. no, it's, no, not no team. It. <laughs> it's not my team. It's not my team.
5: Now, did Peter get odds on that? Because you're a 4 No, we're not we're not, allowed, we're not allowed to hunt. No, this but, is the national football. Did league. you give him 7 days? He, I didn't was, give him, he only no, had to do 2 days no, of the No. No.
0: No. St- straight up.
5: Great straight up bet for you.
0: Not not so much. Well,
5: not not going into it. Good straight up.
0: Not so much. So, right. of course, you know, it's not like there's a very highly trafficked Twitter uh, day at anything. You know, <laughs> so every time I tweet out, I, you know, it's you Ohio. get any flack from the Michigan alum? Uh, well, what flack can I get? I, I, I believed in my team and I put it out there. And now I'm trying I have to just take it like a man. That's a good point. I'm not going to sit there and say my Wolverines let me down, you know, even though they de- technically did. All right. uh, We're going to try and put together a podcast later this week. I have no earthly idea what is going to happen because this just throws the NFL world off the axis. We're probably going to be on the air live half the day, Tuesday anyway, with the Peyton Manning press conference, whenever that is. We'll figure something out. But at least we got this baby up. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. That's it for the Peyton Palooza edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast.
4: Stay listening, friends.